0: what is going on everybody welcome into yet another red october edition of underground sports philadelphia it's episode number 472 kb and matt coming at you we're gonna take you right in to game two of Phillies braves because of uh mother nature creeping her head through during these playoffs some would say matt that this is the most ill-timed weather delay in philly's postseason history Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk all things Phils. Obviously, Matt wasn't on Sunday's show, so we're going to get his joy and thoughts on uh, sending Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina to the retirement home. And, of course, we'll talk about game one as well, where, I don't know, Matt, the, the, the analytics nerds are saying Nick Castellanos shouldn't be in the outfield. But all season long, they told me that he was
1: statistically the worst starting uh, right fielder. Turns out you put him in left field,
0: though. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll talk about game one and we'll talk about this this upcoming game with Zach Wheeler back on the mound. And of course, we'll talk about, you know, it's it's Eagles Cowboys week on top of red October. So we'll dive into uh, the birds and the boys, if you will. And, uh, of course, we'll wrap up the episode with Survivor 43, another episode in the books, and another week where our podcast pick is still cruising right along. But before we get started, make sure you guys are following us on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, at Underground PHI. You can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Uh, Make sure you're following Matt on Twitter, at Matt Castorina. Follow me at kbizzl three one one. Check out our website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Guys, this is the first time we have had postseason baseball in our podcast history. We know the loud and proud Underground Sports Philadelphia fans want to see us continue to thrive. So subscribe to that podcast feed. Get us on the charts. Be a friend. Tell a friend. And go subscribe. Apple, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel as well, where you get full video episodes of every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast. That includes this show, Top Bins with Matt and Dom, Outside the Box with myself and DJ, Get in the Hole with two lowly, sad, beautiful Mets fans, Steve and Ben, and, of course, Streamer Season and uh, the Dan Russo show, Eagles, Enemy, everything on our YouTube channel. Go subscribe, smash that like button, ring the bell icon, comment down below your thoughts on the Phils Eagles, Union, Survivor, whatever it may be, leave it in the comment section, and uh, best comments will get read on each week's show. And, of course, if you're watching live, it's twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi every single Wednesday night with myself and Matt for this podcast. Big thank you to our sponsors, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, the Dental Wellness Center Vine, Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game. Guys, just because it's fall doesn't mean the sun's not out. We're experiencing all four seasons in 24 hours pretty much this time of year, and uh, you still got to protect your eyes. And When you're indoors watching the Phils, the Eagles, the Union, or Survivor, you got to put your Blue Light Plus glasses on from Tomahawk Shades. You guys can get yours at TomahawkShades.com and use code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com. That's code USP, TomahawkShades.com. You get 25% off your order. Kenwood Beer, it's the official beer of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Go celebrate with some ice cold Kenny's after every Eagles, Phillies, Sixers, and uh, Union Victory. Ice cold Kenny use the all new and improved Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood beer on tap in the Philadelphia area. You got to be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. And of course our pals over at Bino, you guys can go to binoboard.com. new boards dropping every single Friday around noon Eastern time. Uh, The newest one is that, that arsenal board and it looks pretty sweet. They'll be shipping out November 14th. If you got your hands on them, uh, and you can use code BINOUSP to get your very own board at BINOBOARD.com. You get 10% off with our code BINOUSP. Shout out to Bino Board. Doing the damn thing. Leading into the World Cup. We're, we're about a month away, Matt. month away from the World Cup. shocking. It's wild. <laughs> uh, but it is red October in Philadelphia, Matt. Since the last time you were on the show, the Phillies punched their ticket to the NLDS, sweeping the St. Louis Cardinals. Alex Coffee, shout out to the patron saint of Philadelphia journalism finding the Phillies clubhouse playlist and posting it for the people uh I will pull that up and we'll go through some of the songs on there but Matt the Phillies are in the NLDS up one nothing against the Braves in the series right now with Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola looming and the vibes are just at an all-time high right now for this team
1: yeah um sweep the cardinals and uh i think exercise a few demons and guarantee at that point that you're at least gonna get one home playoff game now you're guaranteed to get at least two after I... steel has like a negative connotation uh i would not say it in like a negative way that the philly stole game one but i think going into that matchup you know the the pitching definitely favors the Braves, just in general in the in this series, they have the the bet definitely the superior bullpen. And I you know as far as like starting rotation, I would say it's a little more even. Uh you might like nod the Braves way a little bit because I, you know, the top two I, I would say are pretty square, but outside of that, Braves probably a bit anyway, anyway. Ranger Suarez versus Max Fried. I think, I think a regular person would assume that the 7-1 scoreline might be the other way around. Right. Uh, but Phillies got on them early. Uh, definitely shook Freed's confidence a little mm-hmm. bit. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, and, yeah, I mean, saw the uh, the classic Phillies bullpen, uh, you know, as, as we got into the, the later stages. Definitely gave us some heart attacks. Um, and definitely saw as well, like, how good that Braves bullpen can be. Uh, the Phillies really, really struggled uh, for, for about half that game to get any offense going um but all that said you know if you if you had given me the option of of taking game one taking away like home field advantage uh I would have paid a lot of money for that yeah and I'm sure the Phillies would have too and I mean yeah you know you set up now for Wheeler and Nola in uh you know in two straight now and that's that's just a massive turn in in momentum in this series um especially because Spencer Strider like you don't know his availability seems like really up in the air. Mm-hmm. Um certainly not going to be starting. It doesn't seem like this series, you know, at best, like relief pitching, he's got like an oblique strain he's been dealing with for over a month now. can send so, him on a rehab assignment. Right. So it's like, you know, that that's really probably been their best player for, you know, most of this season, Spencer Strider. So to, to not have him uh, is, is a huge loss. And um, I mean, also, you know, like both teams had to really dive into their bullpen last night and. Obviously, again, you know the the bullpen certainly favors the Braves, but having to go, you know, five innings of, of relief
0: pitching is, you know, that's not great for the Braves. Like that's, and they also don't have their best left handed reliever because Tyler matt sticks out with an injury. So I mean, like if you're a Braves
1: fan in this situation, it's a... <laughs> I'm thinking if the Phillies were in this situation, right? Like I'd be I'd be a little more nervous. But um, can't forget too that this is obviously a team that has played the Phillies well a lot this year world series champions That this happened last year in their series with the brewers and they won three straight against so you know like you can't take it for granted but i mean it really i don't know it could have gotten any better the only way it got better is if it just stayed seven to one yeah <laughs> you know like that's that's the only way i think this that is freaking
0: fraggle looking matt Olson hitting that home run made by, by the way heart
1: sink did not seem like oh, i saw him hit it i was like yeah pop up <laughs> like and, and then it was just carrying, going, and, carrying and, just, and carrying i was like <laughs> I what the hell's going i don't know going? what happened there um i found this interesting so i was like looking just like reading uh on the score they've got this article about uh does rest matter in in mlb playoffs so um they went back and looked at like teams that have had rest you know at least four days or more of rest going into a series and then they cut it down to where one team was not coming off four days rest and the other team was so there were 40 series um, going back to the what, like the beginning of the wild card era in baseball, right? So in, into the nineties. Um, so forty series that that qualified for that criteria, where one team has at least four days rest, um, and the other team did not. The teams with at least four days rest went nineteen and twenty-one in game ones, and they only won seventeen of the forty series. Um, of the twenty-three series with the more rested team lost, thirteen of those teams lost to an opponent with a worse regular season record. So. Um, and teams that had won at least ten games more than their opponent were ten and one in game ones and eight and three in the series overall. But you know, that's how it goes. Um, the interesting result. So this obviously doesn't necessarily apply to the uh, the, the Braves and the Phillies. But um, teams that were within nine games of each other in regular season, the better rest of the teams were eight and nineteen in game ones wow. and seven and twenty in the overall series results. Um, teams from that group that played game one at home went four and eleven and won just five of the fifteen series. So. I, you know, it's more even than you think. <laughs> you would, th- I think, like our like general thought on this would be like, yeah, having like four or five days rest is good because you can reset the lineup, you can you know get all your your bullpen rested, you can start with your top guy right away. But that historical data has shown that, that is not necessarily the truth. You know, like that it's it's actually a little more even. In fact, it, you, really, just going by the numbers typically teams with the rest have performed worse so
0: we are live on twitch right now too every wednesday night uh twitch.tv slash underground sports phi uh jro 8080 in the comments at rests for the week Matt. i gotta agree it's i mean the there's is,
1: there is something to it and it's that, like i feel like we've always mentioned it with baseball like mm-hmm. the hot teams you know go away we were talking about with the cardinals right you know what they've done in like uh like our lifetimes you know we're they win the world Series a 3 one team, they just get hot at the right time. So I do think there's something to baseball with rhythm and with playing, you know, if not every day, every other day, at least. And yeah, you know, if, if you maybe take those few days off, who knows? Like, and it's, it's not like a one size fits all of course, because there've been plenty of teams that have that rest and it works very well for them. But um, I think it introduces a variable maybe that we don't always expect. So um, yeah, I just, I, I think uh, I really, I, I just I think the Phillies have put themselves in such a strong position now to, to actually to get out of this series. I mean, really, you know that you you're, you're going to go Friday afternoon and have this series be one-one, or the Phillies with a chance to go to an NLCS, um, which is in their
0: first home playoff game since 2011.
1: Right. Like I, and the negative part of me says like there's no bigger stage for there to be a
0: collapse, you know, than that. Um, <laughs> But you know, again, like if you, they're if, playing with house money, which I think alleviates a lot of that. The
1: the pressure that is on the the Phillies is like And I could even say the pressure on the Braves is not. Like, you, they coming off as World Series champions, like it, it might be different if they they still not like captured that prize. But mm-hmm. you know, most of this team was was a part of that that winning uh, winning team last year, so it's not like I think, largely speaking you know th- this Braves team doesn't have a ton of pressure either it's not like a Mets situation right where it's like you just haven't gotten over that line yet you haven't really had that success so um and I mean if th- this Braves team is good we can't lose sight of that but yeah. again if you had offered any Phillies fan like their choice <laughs> of how the series was gonna go that was it uh, you know taking game one is just it's a huge advantage it's it's massive
0: yeah Jro 8080 in the comments again said there is something to be said about breaking a rhythm you spend months wake up game travel game repeat like there is a you know timely routine that comes to baseball because of how long the season is and to break that up and we're watching MLB Network right now and there's a quote from Brian Snicker saying that uh, I don't think we needed five days off like. Well, maybe well, you should. could have given the
1: division to the... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it to us. That was your choice.
0: To... <laughs> you made that choice. Yeah. You reap what you sow, Brian Stinker. Um I think Mets fans would actually really appreciate it
1: if they uh, <laughs> <laughs> had five days. But.
0: And, you know, to to put the nail in the coffin on the Mets, which the opening of this week's Get in the Hole podcast, two brilliant golf brains who just, unfortunately, are Mets fans. Our boys, uh, Stephen McAvoy, McAvoy and Ben Pirro. Steve was at Game 3. Uh I can't tell you how exhilarating it was to just watch the Mets fold under pressure absolutely demoralized by the San Diego Padres going full blown just like trying to pull out any stops with uh, Buck Walter going and checking Joe Musgrove's ears so bad <laughs> and I think the funniest thing was you know everybody saying come on ump you could have at least pulled a quarter out from behind his ears to make it a show um and then you know Manny Machado getting into it with his former manager Buck Walter, Musgrove doing the the smell of the yeah. finger thing like it was just pure drama and that's what makes playoff baseball incredible and we've said it all year long the Mets were going to fold
1: you know, we tried to tell you. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not gonna say I don't take pleasure in being right because I do, but uh, it's tough. I mean, it's two straight seasons of like real heartbreak for the Mets fans. So I don't really feel bad for them because they weren't graceful in any way, shape, or form, and they haven't been for pretty much my entire lifetime, uh, and have nothing to show for it. And I'm not a big fan of like, well, a win ring, a ring and you could talk kind of mentality, but it's also like. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you don't deserve it. <laughs> the until uh, think... your b- behavior improves.
0: Yeah, uh, go sit in the naughty corner. Um, I, I think did the... Like the the Diaz uh, Diaz getting the trumpets down for <laughs> it. That's tough, Mister Met out there with the trumpet too. Like it's
1: tough when you have a bit like that because you obviously can't shy away from it now. You have to do it, but it's like this is the danger with anyone other than like Mariana Rivera having like a big yep. like entrance because it's like yeah man it's like kind of embarrassing actually like i i they really i don't know what choice they had they i think they have to do the trumpets at this point like but it's like it is objectively hilarious i think the (laughs) best
0: thing was somebody uh edited together timmy trumpet playing his song at city field in august but instead of it being his song it was taps
1: (laughs) i did i really love that one
0: so (laughs) um hey man there's always always next year and it sounds like they're going to lose everybody too because DeGrom is uncertain. Edwin Diaz said, I'm going to whoever pays me the most money. That loser with the most punchable face, Brandon Nimmo, is a free agent. They, I mean, this was kind this was of their the year.
1: year um, you know, Scherzer's 38, and d- it didn't look good. No. In that, and that's kind of been a regular occurrence now for him in the playoffs, like
0: late in the season. I mean, it's just. A, and what a middle finger to Degrom to not let him start Game One.
1: Yeah, uh, uh, Kinda
0: kind knowing of knowing that Scherzer was still a bit injured.
1: I see it. I see it both ways.
0: Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, yeah. I mean, DeGrom I would assume. Is also, like, I would assume they available. went to Degrom and said, "Hey, we're gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah. start I'm Scherzer." Sure he was involved in that, but but um, man, it's gonna DeGrom's be so funny the only, when he leaves. Only player I think he could really say like. Gave a played 100%. Well. <laughs> and he didn't even have his best. Yeah, not his, not his best performance. I just think it's, um, yeah, I mean, th- this was kind of their season. This was the season for them if they were going to, you know, really, like, make a statement, win a World Series. This was kind of the year. Like, it's going to be it's gonna be tough. But they have, I mean, we know they're going to spend money still. So it's not like. It's going to
0: be hilarious if DeGrom leaves, so. though. Well,
1: then you have to hear from Ben Spencer. that he actually isn't the, the best yeah. pitcher of all time. That He's not Sandy Kofan. We just got so to hope he
0: doesn't committed. go to the
1: Braves. I would be so—I sh- shouldn't say it, but, like, I'd be pretty surprised if it goes to the Braves because he is a I-want-money type of player, I think.
0: He's a Georgia boy, though. Sure, but, you know,
1: can we just talk about the Braves and how they, like, the t- They signed Spencer Strider at 6 for 75. Who—Alex <laughs> Anthopoulos has to be, like— What, like, compromise are they
0: getting on these players? Like, <laughs> Like, good grief. How did they get these guys to do this? Like, they are the, the, the Braves front office is the living embodiment of the, they can't keep getting away with this. I meme. just don't understand it. It is unbelievable. Six for
1: 75. It's just.
0: Like, <laughs> I get you're young and like, he's like, he's going to be a rookie of the year split with his teammate who signed for another the dude, ridiculous if the dude deal. If played the full season, he'd be a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. He probably wins a Cy Young. <laughs> so fucking Stupid. Like the fact that like it all started when they signed Acuna to a ten year hundred million dollar contract and everybody was like, "What the fuck is Ronald Acuna <laughs> Jr. doing?"
1: There must I don't, I don't know. They've
0: signed it's... like seven guys to contracts that are well below their market value. I don't understand. it. There must be something
1: really nice about Atlanta. I don't know.
0: <sighs> it's unreal. Um, but I I I don't think steal has as big of a negative connotation in the sense that the Phillies did steal Game One. Uh, you know, f- against the Braves because the way that the pitching went for both teams, like especially the Phillies, only getting you know three plus innings from uh Ranger Suarez, what three and two thirds, I think it was that he went. Um, you had to dive into that bullpen, which is beyond dicey. Outside of two guys, two and a half guys right now, if you want to include Eflin, who's made things very nerve-wracking i'd like uh, to include eflin <laughs> in the uh the dicey the dicey quadrant. and you're without david robertson now because he unfortunately <laughs> old man old man injury celebrating a home run gets injured Jeez. and is off the nlts roster um but man i do have to say andrew bilotti showed some fucking stones yeah, coming into that
1: speaking game of, speaking about being underpaid minor league deal <laughs>
0: Ooh, coming in. That's two guys the Phillies have been able to steal from the Tampa Bay Rays, though. Yeah, Pilati and Jose Alvarado. There's a a team to steal from. (laughs) What did you make of Jose Alvarado and uh, his former teammate, also uh, apparently chirping with one another? I don't.
1: I don't. Seems weird, especially because I. I just I. It's it's a weird. I don't know that I've really seen that all that
0: much. No. um,
1: To be honest, but.
0: And apparently, it's a thing in Atlanta where a lot of pitchers feel like the mound like flattens out quickly so their plant foot is like not exactly where Mm. they feel it should be and they're trying to prevent injury um and then the guy from the Braves was teammates with Alvarado in 2019 in Tampa and was basically telling Jose Alvarado he's got to have more respect for the game this that and the third and Alvarado's like I'm gonna talk to him because my pitching this season has spoken for itself and I'm gonna get the services that I need done Bench players talking like starters. You hate it. You know, like, it's just, come on. Team Jose, baby. Yeah, all, all the way. But, yeah, Bellotti,
1: um looked really good. I mean, that is that is going to be the challenge for the Phillies in this. I mean, there's going to be a few, but uh, really the bullpen, I think, is where this team, you're yeah. going to, I mean, it sucks to like say, but you're going to need the offense to, to be that well. Yeah. Like, because I, and I, I saw a lot of Braves fans, like, wetting their pants about the, the left on base. First of all, welcome to the club. mm mm-hmm. um, glad, not really glad to have you, but they left nine on base. The Phillies left eight on base. You would think that, like, they were using this weird number, like, 19, where it, like, counts like for every, essentially like every time someone got, like, out, not like the inning ending left on base, um, to, like, inflate the number, which, again, I don't understand why you, why you're inflating it. Like, the the Phillies left quite a few on base as well. It You know, it really, I know, definitely the Braves got unlucky in some, like, clutch situations. I think there was, what, like, Three straight innings of, uh, of like, if not fully loaded bases, but, you know, like guys on the corners where the Braves struck out. But yes, like some things went the Philly's way, but I, I don't think it's, it was quite nearly as fluky as Braves fans want it to be. But all that said, feels great. Feels great to, to know, too, that you're going to get, you're going to get two in Philly.
0: And the, the baseball nerds, they were, they were eating their words yesterday, Matt. Nick Cassianos with one of the best defensive plays of his career, if not the best, and uh, internet viral meme sensation of him just, you know, turtle backing out in the outfield and saves the game. You know, it was... If that,
1: if that ball hits the ground, the Braves are winning that. Because if it that's, goes by that's a, him... That's a triple, maybe even inside the park, po- and then you're just... I don't know. The Phillies get swept. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Like,
0: just... Perfect glove placement and comes I, up. With- I don't
1: want to say this too early because it's unfair to put this on anyone, to put this man's name on anyone. That could, and I, I mean a, a huge capital C-A-O-U-L-D, could be a Matt Stairs moment, truly. That that could be a moment that you like, not quite like Nick Castellanos is not meant but like right. that could be a moment that like if this ends in magic, that will be a like, moment in that is postseason on like history. The, that is on the twenty twenty two Phillies compilation. Yeah, it's way too early to right. be even like this. but like those are the types of moments that truly they they swing series. That is Victorino's grand slam. You know, like those are the types of moments that just matter. Like and I yeah like you. It was the ultimate, ultimate spirit killer, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just like, because the Braves were surging at that point. It, and it just, everyone thought it got by him. It, I thought it hit the ground. I thought there was going to be a review. And it was like, no, he actually didn't make the play. Like, I, I really thought that's where that was headed. And then you saw that. I mean, it was just perfect. Perfect defensive play. Him and Boehm defensively. Can we talk about our boy? <laughs> Bohm has been, Boehm has. I mean, truly been, like, built for the playoffs. Bohm has been, like, the third best philly <laughs> like,
0: it's pretty wild that in in the wild card round there was gold glove third baseman and then nolan arenado
1: well i tell you that arenado and goldsmith uh, are really really shriveled
0: up in that man
1: space. not the first time they've uh unfortunately though i don't really feel bad for them specifically not the first
0: time those two didn't have a shot
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah afraid to take shots <laughs> Unfortunately, a few a few Phillies can relate. To that. <laughs> Alec Boehm included. President yeah. present company included. Uh, yeah, Boehm. He's been unbelievable, unreal. I'd say.
0: Locker room uh, celebrations with him, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, he's got just I don't know. He's got something about him,
0: but I'm gonna put the when the Phillies win this series. <laughs> Jesus, Alec Man, Boehm, we are we really diving in. Alec Boehm's gonna be naked in the in the clubhouse. He's gone from we can only hope one in. little uh not a Kenwood beer can to shirt off yeah. goggles on he's evolving like Charmander right now <laughs> yeah um yeah I, I
1: don't know if this delay helps or hinders the Phillies too I actually think too like sneaky sneaky help to the Phillies agreed that not only this delay but that the f- game one is in an afternoon. Because you're not getting the most, like, energetic. You're still getting an energetic crowd. You're still getting, like, a packed attendance, obviously. It was the same with St. Louis. But, mm-hmm. like, when it's at, like, 1 o'clock start, it's kind
0: which of Which is fun.
1: embarrassing to baseball, by the way. I hate like, it. It sucks. Um, but I also think they're, like – Their hands are kind of tied because they want to have all four on the same day, yeah. which I get. And then you have, like, obviously, like – two Like, you have, like, West Coast teams that you need to – It's tough. There's no, like – because they the, really like the Padres and LA have to be playing at the mm-hmm. late slot. I get it. And then from there, you know, you have you're you have gonna like put the Seattle Yankees in prime time. You're
0: gonna put the Yankees. You have Seattle, and I,
1: I kind of get it. It's it's tough. It, it, I did it is.
0: not that I ever feel bad for New York sports fans, but it was kind of crummy that game one ALDS in New York, same start time as season opener at the Garden for the New York Rangers. Yeah. Kind of poor scheduling there, but Congress also those where dreams are made of. You know, that's Philly's only road team to win game one. Yeah, well, the Phillies have also been on the road for like three weeks. Fourteen straight games. <laughs> like,
1: the Phillies have been away from home for a long time. Like, they're getting like hazard pay for being away this long. <laughs> I think, but I do think the Phillies playing. I think it helps those games during the day. Like, we don't like to talk about like those types of advantages because it's it's harder to like define, but. It, Do you think there's something to
0: it? You know? And I mean even tonight with the delay. you know, I think the delay helps them so much because I tweeted this too. I said I'd much rather the delay happen now, before the game starts, than during the game and you waste a Zach Wheeler start. Right. And I mean, on top of that too, I think
1: again, it kind of just has the potential to kill the momentum a little bit. You know, like people show up and expect to, you know, get right in the game and then they're excited for it, and now you've had people kind of waiting around for like three and a half hours and uh you know it's just tough so i i'm just saying i, I think the phillies have had some things go their way but like a, a good team and, and i think something we've complained about with the phillies good teams capitalize on the breaks yeah like every every team gets breaks every team gets a, a little bit of luck it's that's just part of baseball frankly any sport really but you have to be able to like capitalize on those chances and um you know, the the Phillies have done that so far.
0: Yeah. Game just got underway. So if anything happens while we're live, we'll keep you guys up to date. Um, but shout out to Alex coffee doing the Lord's work and getting the playlist that the Phillies have, uh, in the clubhouse via Garrett Stubbs, who according to Bryson stats, Instagram live Garrett Stubbs does not have Spotify premium. So ads were playing. (laughs) It was very, very funny. Um, Matt, it, I also find it hilarious that uh, this playlist now has 69 songs. We've got quite the list. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the, the number one hit is uh, the Callum Scott Tiesto remix of Dancing on My Own. Uh, Which
1: got, is uh, a great, great original song. Yeah.
0: And then the remix is even like... Like the original by Robin, great. Fantastic. The remix is unbelievable and... I need nothing more than 40,000 Phillies fans in unison just blaring, blasting, singing this song on Friday. Um, Don't play uh, take-me-out-to-the-ball game
1: in the seventh inning. Just play uh. (laughs) a... Seventh-inning
0: stretch, it is dancing on my own. Um, We've got Love Tonight by Shouse. We've got Cold Heart, the PS1 remix with Elton John, Dua Lipa, and PS1. Fantastic. Uh, Dick Down in Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) I need an explanation on that, but... (laughs) Uh, pop bottles by Birdman and Lil Wayne. Uh, Mickey Avalon's my dick. Terrific. I'm me by Lil Wayne. Um, one of my favorite. Lil it's a Wayne great talks. one. Uh, Asher Roth's I love college. Well, you got to have white kid rap in there somewhere. Lupe Fiasco's the show goes on. Yeah, whatever you like by Ti. <laughs> Flow Rida, my house. Uh, Ti and Rihanna's live your life. Uh, hoe by Ludacris. <laughs> Half of these were just soundtracks to movies in, like, 2011. (laughs) I saw Devin Caney tweeted, The Phillies playlist is literally out of a 2009 frat house, and I'm not (laughs) mad about it. Uh, Tenacious D's Fuck Her Gently. Yeah. Uh, Umbrella by Rihanna. My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas. Um, Let's see. Party Up by DMX. Dreams and Nightmares is on the list. Trophies by Young Money and Drake. Uh, Jason Derulo's ride in solo, um, feel so close radio edit by Calvin Harris, um, I can't even make swear
1: words, I mean, come on
0: levels by Avicii, rest in peace, um, best I ever had by Drake hardened to paint by walk a flock of flame, six, seven, nine by Fetty Wap, <laughs> uh, buy you a drink. Uh, uh akon snoop Dogg. i want to love you levitating by dua lipa and da baby fergalicious i'm so paid by akon lil wayne and jeezy only only uh bryce and uh castellanos <laughs> get to uh get to sing that one uh 50 cents disco inferno hot in here turn my swag on uh the destructo remix of jolene <laughs> We've got some Afro man on the playlist as well. Birthday sex by Jeremiah. That was added two days ago. And the most recent song added whose birthday was two
1: days ago. That's, (laughs) that's a good
0: question. Uh, three hours ago, uh, Diplo and sleepy Tom be right there. Just added to the playlist to make number 69. Okay. I think that's, that's, that's a hint. Be right there in Philly. Be right there. Um, so shout out to Alex coffee doing the Lord's work. And, uh, getting the playlist from Garrett Stubbs um we also got another member of the Castellanos crew on national tv on the Fox pregame broadcast today Grandpa Leonard doing uh a little hit on tv absolutely hilarious and uh he's just a little proud of Nick right now the last 12 to 13 years have been fantastic um just very funny stuff from the Castellanos family as always um but, man, I am – it just feels good. Like, this this past week or so, week and a half, I feel like has been what we've been, like, yearning for and dreaming for since 2011.
1: Yeah, I, this is uh, this is what you hope for. You hope to have playoffs back. This is what I hope for when, I, like, I just wanted to see the Phillies in the playoffs. And now you're getting even a little extra. Like, you see that first series and now knowing that they're going to get the experience of having like, a home playoff game again is just um, – it's fantastic. You know, it's it this is exactly like playoff baseball is just so much fun. It's so much fun to be a part of it. Um it's great. I like I I'm so happy to have it back even if this series doesn't end the way we wanted to in it, it still certainly could. Um I would call this season a success just based oh, yeah. off of, of where we've gotten to because just getting back into the playoffs like being that established team again is such a huge step forward. <laughs> Team's gone 10 years without it. I mean, it's just that's shocking, you know, it, and sort of, I, I think, too, if you had said to someone in 2012 that this was the last time for a decade the Phillies would be the playoffs, people would have been really taken aback by that. It certainly, I'm going to say the writing was on the wall in 2012, but it certainly felt like there's going to be a few years where mm-hmm. it, you know, we're kind of out of the great times and it's going to be, you know, a little rough again. But um, I really, I don't think anyone would expect 10 years wait to,
0: to be back. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just supremely amazing. <laughs> it's just and like on fantastic. top of it. Rob Thompson, the interim tag has been removed. He yeah. will be the manager for at least the next two seasons signed through twenty twenty four uh which oddly enough is the same length of contract that Dave Dombrowski has signed through, so he'll be here uh for the next two years and like we've said it all summer long since he got you know brought in to be the interim manager all the way through till now, like he earned the shit out of being the manager of this team, yeah.
1: Uh, turned the season around, we wouldn't be in the playoffs without him. And I think, um, yeah, uh, two years is like a reasonable extension to where mm-hmm. it's like, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not discounting anything he did this season, but if, you know, the, if there was maybe some variance, some flukiness to it, you know, you're not like locked in long term to it, to this, but I mean, he certainly proved himself like this team again was, you know, maybe closer to the division race. If they have Rob Thompson, you know, the, the entire season. So, um, yeah, I, obviously, so much to let, lo, like look forward to in the next week, however long this this like series goes, but and and whatever's beyond. But even if you're just looking at next season, having gotten back to the playoffs, being in this moment again, like having these guys get this experience again, um, and, and some of them, most of them, really for the first
0: time, like, and the first time as a collective team, right? Like it's just huge, and, and it's something to to build from, and uh, you know it gives you an opportunity too because who knows if Dombrowski stays beyond 2024 so you might have uh, a new general manager president baseball operations in the fold if everything you know with the the rumors of Nashville getting a team and Dombrowski being on like that advisory board there if he ends up leaving to go to Nashville um you know you'll see what happens there but I think every single player who spoke about it and you know was asked about Rob Thompson, They had nothing but just like joy and excitement that he is going to be here for at least the next two years, which is very exciting. And that's all you wanted, you know, mostly since Charlie Manuel was like, I was like the relatable manager who every single player on the team just gravitates towards. And that's what the Phillies have now in Rob Thompson. And that's just another benefit for this team, not only for now, but going into 2023. And with this team making the playoffs, I think having been on the road for 14 straight games too, like that helps just team camaraderie with this team being together as long as they have. And, you know, not that we're counting this season being done, but 2023 I think is going to only be that much better for this team being that they're getting all of this experience now. Yeah. I mean, you've got great
1: stability too now, you know, like, I I think that that can't be discounted either. And um, I think you've just got much more firm sense of, this team's identity a little bit, and I think again, you just can't discount see, like finally like breaking that seal of like not being in the playoffs, not winning a series like Bryce Harper's first playoff series win. You know, like it's yeah. like you can't like you just I, I don't think you can discount what that mentally does for you as as an athlete. um So I, I yeah, there's a, there's a lot to look forward to. This isn't this doesn't feel like flash in the pan type stuff. It felt like we finally like built to this moment to this level where you, you can be a playoff team again, you can be in the NLDS again, you can dream of being in the NLCS in the World Series again. Like, those dreams could obviously still be uh, taken away from you, but I I just, it's... <laughs> it felt for a long time we weren't going to even get back to this. You know, like, just being just being in, in the playoffs again, being on Fox again, like, just being back is... Uh, I mean, it really is great.
0: And on top of just the success right now of the Phillies, like, I don't know if it's just elevated because our team is in it, but sitting down and watching all of these postseason games, like they have all been so entertaining. Yeah. Like there's been comebacks. There's been, you know, 15 inning rallies in Cleveland with a walk-off home run by a rookie. Like I was watching, I was watching the the Mariners Astros yesterday. That was like a a
1: whirlwind (laughs) of a game. That was almost, I mean, mirrored uh, in a lot of ways, I think the, the Phillies game, yeah. you know, and except that yeah, the Astros ultimately the walk off was the walk off. I but. think
0: that ball is still in the air that Jordan Alvarez Jeez,
1: hit. I just absolutely smashed it, good, off grief. of Robbie Ray no less.
0: I uh I saw a statue from John Boyd Jordan's home run that he hit yesterday was the first walk off home run in the postseason. Um, that was for more than one run. So the Jesus, the Astros yeah. were down. What was it seven five? I think yeah. it was and they ended up winning 8-7. Every other postseason walk-off home run had been either a tie game or uh, it went to tie it, and then right. they ended up winning by one. Jesus. What a guy. It's crazy. Um, but the Phillies are doing the thing. We'll keep you guys updated here as well as we head to the second inning. Phillies about to uh, come back up to bat. Oh, and also the Phillies are doing this where going into yesterday, Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins were combined over 21 they still have been great. Let's yeah. Kyle Schwarber's, uh, sacrifice uh sacrifice expect <laughs> <laughs> like whatever
1: whatever stat that is is really good though. It's through the roof. He's had like I don't know like five or six sacrifice yeah. like flyouts or something. Like he's just. <laughs> I mean he's not he's not doing the best, but he's he's getting runs in somehow. Man, he looked confused, but he got the spirit.
0: <laughs> and I think it's awesome that it's like the bottom of the lineup too. That's been. Yes, majorly contributing, whether it's Gene Segura, Matt Vierling, Bryson Stott, Edmundo Sosa. I, I don't think we can even put into words how valuable it is to have Edmundo Sosa back from the injury that he had. Because not only can he come in and pinch run for Alec Bohm with his speed on the base paths, he has unbelievable defensive skills at third base. And he can get on base himself. Like, if you need him to get on base, he can do it. And I think that's just so valuable for this team Um, as Bryce Harper now. Hitting five hundred in the postseason, Matt. Give us something. Getting getting some good hacks here. Um, It's just an exciting time to be a Phillies fan. The Mets are dead. And uh, it it was just the best possible outcome, I think, from the wild card round. We – we can, as Phillies fans, we can say our team ended the careers of two Major League Baseball legends. <laughs> Which is just great. <laughs> God, it feels Exercised great. all of the
1: demons. My favorite was reading, like, the some like Cardinals fans talk about, like, Aaron Nola before the game. Like, he had a down year, and it's like, the dude's gonna fucking finish top three in Cy Aaron Nola was the like... first
0: pitcher since 1884 <laughs> to have over 230 strikeouts. And less than 30 walks. Like, come on. Uh, Here we go, Bryce. Come on, Bryce. Get on your your bike. All right. Smart base running. Which is, (laughs) you have to say a little (laughs) bit of rarity for Bryce. He was safe in that game, though. (laughs) Yeah, what's that?
1: Well, the Braves fans, too, were upset about a uh, a missed call in game one, really. They're the first team ever to have a a questionable call against them. uh, Good grief. First team to ever deal with that kind of adversity. It's crazy, isn't it? But.
0: Yeah, our Phillies doing the Lord's Our work. fills, babe. Um, we'll keep you guys updated with everything as we now head over to the Gridiron, and it's brought to you by our friends over at Trophy Smack. Shout out to uh, to Trophy Smack doing the dang thing. They um, are we muted? Check check. Uh, I think we're still going on our audio end, but I'm going to check for the people on video, because that's no good. Check. Um, We will be right back, because I think we are muted, so stand by everybody. Alright, I think we're back. Apologies to everybody watching live on Twitch. A little technical difficulties there, but that wouldn't be an Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast without it, but um, you know, with this team too, like I think it's only a positive. It's the weirdest positive you can have that Schwarber and Reese are 0 for 21. Obviously, Reese got a hit yesterday, Um, but the fact that they haven't gotten going, but the rest of the team has, and you have the bottom of the lineup going, you know, from sosa to gene segura stott you know the rest of the guys at the bottom of the lineup that's how you win postseason games and that's how you win series is with the most unlikely candidates stepping up at the most crucial times
1: yeah yeah your your top three guys are obviously you want them to be hitting well and i think too like we've seen with really like recent Schwarber too like they go through these hot and cold periods like you just kind of sit on your hands and hope especially if like hoskins gets hot I mean, that, like, truly, again, do not want to get ahead of myself, but if you're, like, talking about the Phillies' path to, like, really doing something special, it a Reese Hoskins, like, two-week burner
0: that we've True. seen is how it gets there. Yeah, and, I mean, going into this weekend, you know, from Phillies to Eagles, like, this weekend is going to be an all-time Philly sports weekend. You have first Phillies postseason game at Citizens Bank Park since 2011, Which I did find out too. Apparently, the rally towels that will be handed out will not be white. They will be red because white rally towels have been banned in Major League Baseball due to players uh, claiming that it had distracted them. Like they've lost the ball in the air because of the white rally towels, which I was like, all right, that makes sense. Okay. Um, So the Phillies rally towels on Friday will be red. And I mean, if game four is needed, you'll have Saturday postseason baseball. Leading into Sunday Night Football, Eagles-Cowboys at the link. And we're going to talk about the Eagles now. It's brought to you by our homies over at Trophy Smack. Elevate your fantasy smack talk with our friends at Trophy Smack. They've got trophies, belts, rings, you name it. It's on their website. You've seen them on Shark Tank. Uh, and they're just here to upgrade your fantasy smack talk and every single league. You, you need new hardware. Most of the time. So go to trophysmack.com uh, and you can actually use our link. It's in the description on YouTube. It's trophysmack.com slash underground. And you can support us uh, with everything going on there. Um, with Trophy Smack, get your rings, get your trophies, your belts. And uh, trophysmack.com slash underground to get the best fantasy smack talk for your fantasy football leagues. Eagles are 5-0, oh, man. Kyler Murray is Ben Simmons. Shout out, not a sponsor. PointsBet Sportsbook getting on board with the wave. Um, Eagles win 2017. My biggest takeaway from that game outside of the game. Super Bowls in Arizona this year. First time the Eagles have ever won in that stadium. Since 2001. First time in Arizona. I don't understand how they're holding a Super Bowl there with the the conditions that that field was in. Yeah. The grass was clumping up, and I saw a tweet, too, that apparently the Cardinals host training camp at their home stadium. They play their preseason games there, and well, then where they Where else play are they their...
1: going to go? It's the desert. <laughs> right, but I'm, like
0: from the fact that my perspective is – and, like, obviously there are pros and cons to turf, it's wild to me that a team in a desert area just doesn't have an artificial turf, and they're doing this whole hybrid greenhouse thing and – Maybe it's, humans weren't meant to <laughs> to collectivize in the middle of the desert. Maybe it is we pretty meant, insane. Maybe we just
1: weren't meant to do that.
0: Um, it, it led to some injury scares. Jason Kelsey, thankfully okay. Um, but, man, that field was gross. And uh, the Eagles escaped with a win thanks to uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker, who continues to add on to... Uh, I think we brought this up last week. The Eagles have won a offensive player, defensive player, special teams player of the week, some sort of award, weekly award every single week of the season. Cameron Dicker, your week five NFC special teams player of the week. You love to see it. Um,
1: yeah, the Kyler Murray play I think is is like the biggest takeaway because it felt like the Eagles might have been yeah. – because, uh, I mean, if he really makes that first down, you know, you're, you're talking about – you're talking maybe even about a touch like they still had like 30 something seconds mm-hmm. you know obviously no timeouts but you can probably get at least like two shots if you really want to be risky yeah. Yeah, but who knows what like the carlos play calling they probably would have had like three delay <laughs> games in that time but um yeah i mean someone's got to be in his ear though to tell him yeah. that and yeah I, like i've heard that he saw on like some screen that it said that he got the first down that's apparently why he, the like, down markers were changed to first and ten right so but I mean, so it's tough. It, it's a tough situation. But yeah, I think also it was like a 43 yard field goal, which is not terrible. Not a, not a gimme, but it's also, I don't know. I, I think that's that's a
0: makeable. <laughs> a in makeable today's shot. day and age, 40s is like 10 years ago. 30s. Yeah,
1: like, and that's it's obviously too in like a much more controlled environment. You know, you're not you're not in like Buffalo right. or the Cleveland windstorm or something. Seattle. Like. Yeah, I mean, you could you can make it happen, but. Listen, big win survived and and you know i think um each week this team kind of just proves themselves a little bit more biggest test is this week against dallas whose has yeah. looked excellent to start the year um i think even the cardinals defense which hasn't looked amazing this season part of that has been injuries they got, they've gotten a lot of guys back healthy yeah um, you saw them i think uh, have some like improved performances against the eagles in that game and the cowboys i mean you're talking about Again, just a really tough defense. I can make a lot of plays. Can can get at the quarterback. So, um, looking forward to it though because I mean it's like, if it wasn't like uh Bills and Chiefs on you know, <laughs> too like it'd be the game of the weekend. But I mean yeah. when you have a game like that, it's two two tough uh two top games this weekend.
0: And it's very fun that it is Sunday night football. Like it's gonna be all eyes on everybody. Cooper Rush apparently still going to be the quarterback uh, according to Jerry Jones. Um I did see this quote today from uh, former Eagle and now Dallas Cowboy, Jason Peters, and it is quite funny because I took it the way I believe Jason Peters intends it to be taken. Um, It is written, so it comes off kind of weird, but this is from John Machoda, who covers the Cowboys for The Athletic. Uh, Jason Peters on Cowboys-Eagles rivalry, dislike between fan bases. Quote, I just know Philly fans are fucking idiots when it comes to the camaraderie and the Cowboys, any team really. They know that. They pride themselves on being nasty. Philly fans are the wildest fans out there. If you know who Jason Peters is, yeah. just like on a surface level as a player from the time he was here, you know he's complimenting the fans in that mindset. Um, I And having heard stories about how Jason Peters is off the field, he's complimenting me. Eagles oh, I
1: don't I immediately I was like
0: yeah it's a cut like yeah I don't know. <laughs> and it's gonna come off you know in poor taste because it's being reported on by Cowboys reporters it's being tweeted it's not like an audio clip but Jason Peters means 110% well with that quote 100% um I'm just I'm excited for this game because you know this is When we did our preseason predictions and everything, this was one of the litmus tests going in. We've always said it on this show that you're almost guaranteed to split with the Cowboys every single year. And if the Eagles can win this one, you're not truly on paper concerned about a game coming out of the bye week until that game after Thanksgiving against the Packers, which who knows what they'll look like by then after losing to the Giants in London, but... I mean, on paper, that's, like, really the next concerning game because after this this Cowboys game, you have the bye week. You come out of the bye against now the Kenny Pickett quarterbacked Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Then you have a short week Thursday night football against the Houston Texans. And then you get an extra day after the short week because you play Monday night football against maybe Carson Wentz Uh, (laughs) because quarterback's apparently been an issue for the Commanders. Um, Really? I had... (laughs) According to Ron Rivera, that's been the that. that's been the biggest uh, discrepancy between the commanders and everybody else in the NFC East. And That's a fair. Did assessment. you see that clip? I did. And I saw him immediately kind of have to like, well, but. <laughs> and what I mean by that. <laughs> and then that's when
1: the intrusive thoughts kind of yeah. just like you just say like when you've been kind of building up towards saying something and someone asks you and you finally, like, you know, I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> I'm just, just going to say it what's on my mind.
0: And then after the Commanders, you have a Colts team who Frank Reich might get fired before that game.
1: Happens. Probably should have been. Probably should have been fired last year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like, and, like he. I think we talked about that in the season preview. Like he, he got a little lucky at Carson Wentz as a quarterback, and that it's kind of easy to uh, scapegoat scapegoat him. But I mean, Carson Wentz was also his choice.
0: Yes. And Matt Ryan also his choice. Uh, so Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was the Colts' choice. Like. They just cannot get the quarterback right.
1: Isn't it crazy that Phillip Rivers actually had the most success yeah. out of the three? Like, he at least made the playoffs. <laughs> they were they were play. Like, unreal.
0: Um, And speaking of NFL, too, um, which we'll have our, our episode of Eagles Enemies later this week going really in-depth behind enemy lines for Eagles Cowboys. But the excitement of this weekend in Philadelphia is the thing that just has me stoked because it's three potential three big time uh you know games going into this weekend and then on the wraparound thursday you have first union playoff game as well um so i mean the next week or so is going to be at the very least super electric for philadelphia sports matt i saw this today this is from Jay willis who is the editor-in-chief at ball balls and strikes um He tweeted this out and said, Very disappointed that not a single one of you alerted me to the fact that Kirk Cousins filed an amicus brief in the Supreme Court's praying football coach case. Wait, re-say that? Sure. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, Kirk Cousins, among other former and current NFL quarterbacks, which Uh there's a reason that I'm bringing this up, too, uh, filed an amicus brief in the Supreme Court's praying football coach case.
1: I don't know what I know about the case though um for anyone who's not heard about this case uh, recently settled um this coach really what happened is is this coach was praying after the games uh directly after the games too while and this was a public school um was in like his like coach attire with the school like emblem and everything on him was playing at the praying at the 50 yard line with his uh, immediately, like originally by himself, then other players started joining in, then the whole like team started joining in and obviously people felt excluded by that. And like the coaches, there was, it became a whole mess and, um, you know, obviously it had to be settled somehow by the Supreme court who, uh, I, whatever you want to make at that judgment, I, you know, I'll stay, we'll steer away from that. But, um, really this guy was just praying at, at half field. Um, and then when he was, he was put on suspended leave, uh, by the district for for doing that because he's like listen you're making a religious statement which we're not allowed to do um he went and did like a bunch of press and encouraged other people to show up to the game and they stormed the field and knocked children over like band members over uh to peacefully pray at, a, at the 50 yard line after a, a high school football game so
0: so there's a brief filed by uh tell me
1: carson wentz put his name on uh... a <laughs> no
0: in close so here are the quarterbacks Jesus. or players i guess uh kirk cousins not shocking uh joe delamiel I have no idea sounds apologies um sounds like a character from blue mountain state <laughs> <laughs> one super bowl 52 mvp nick Foles.
1: oh that's tough
0: phil olson christian ponder drew stanton Harry Swain and Jack Youngblood. They are a Michi cure in support of the petitioner. Okay, cool. Which (laughs) basically says that when those guys were attending public school, they were allowed to pray this, that, and third, and are basically like.
1: I'm sure there's nothing wrong with, you know, a coach doing that and a player not feeling totally comfortable and, uh, you know, I'm sure it'd be totally cool and, and treated the exact same way. If someone was reading a Muslim prayer at the 50 yard line in America, I'm sure I'm very sure someone, someone laid out a a prayer rug and faced towards Mecca and did their, their their daily prayer. Sure. It would be totally the same. Totally. the same. hundred percent.
0: It was tough seeing big Dick Nick there.
1: (sighs) Gotta say, don't meet your
0: heroes. So, you know, this is why, this is why why you keep them at a distance. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I mean, big game on deck for the Eagles this week. Two big games, potentially. We'll see how game two goes here for the Phillies. It's 0-0, top of the third right now. Um, But we'll have at least Friday. And, you know, it's also pretty wild that on top of everything that happened against the Cardinals, that's the Phillies' first postseason series victory since 2010. So It goes back even further, folks. Yeah, well, they also haven't lost a playoff game since
1: 2010. That's also true. You can
0: spin it a lot of ways. Um, So we'll see how that all plays out. The Union obviously have that first round buy, which is exciting. Um, But let's get into it, man. Buffs and snuffs. Survivor 43. It's brought to you by our friends over at Pickup. You guys can go to playpickup.com. Start playing the hottest headlines in sports. Rack up points on your fan profiles. Cash them in for prizes on the Pickup Marketplace. All you got to do is sign up with your phone number. That's playpickup.com. Another week. James still looking good. His tribe unscathed in immunity challenges. Um, I thought this episode was very... It, it was much more in-depth on a lot of the castaways in this episode. And I think we got a lot more just to pull away from. And we got a better look at just like the um, the competition level, I think, of some of the players and uh Vessi goes back to tribal council. NECA is voted out and it seems like that tribe is on the brink of just being uh not around for too much longer. I, this is a really one season.
1: Um it's a, it's a good year for the uh the risk takers because Yeah. Um Carla finds the Beware advantage. I actually like I don't mind their initial thought was like you know what? I don't know if I like I think it's actually like totally reasonable with without it is now where you know you lose a vote and you know you're going to have to do something. You know, obviously I think last season's Beware was much more challenging. Yes. This, this one is hard, you know, you still have to convince people and you have to obviously be a little low key, but you know, having like so much of it be outside of your control. I like that it is much more in. I liked I forget who it was last season that had to dip their hands and they got covered in red paint. Yeah, it
0: was uh we follow her on she won the CEO award last year I I like that that is I, I like when things are like that did you set
1: a firework off after the they just set a firework off um uh, <laughs> yes I like though like you you still it's obviously it is beware. you are being like challenged in a way to do something but it's not again you have to wait for other people to find the thing and then everyone knows that you have it this you can at least hide and conceal mm-hmm. in some way as like oh I just wanted to make a cool like hat or a cool bracelet whatever um so I thought she she did really well with that and our, our man James instilling some wisdom you know like saying yeah you gotta you gotta go ahead and take it you gotta get the advantage so um good for James good for Carla we got to finally get a little more like in depth with the blue group um but yeah I mean Noel like gets uh Gets the steel vote, which is a big advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's outside of immune I th- I think that's probably the the best, yeah. Um, in terms of like general, yeah, obviously, you know, they can come up with something new, but um, I think that's probably the best outside of like the steel and advantage one. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's just we've just success, seen that backfire. The success rate with that one is not near like that. Like, steel vote is like much more in control and can really get you at a tough spot, it can really like make a, a big switch. So
0: Um, good advantage for for noel yeah i'm excited to uh just see how things continue to unfold i think this episode two was a big boost in my eyes uh physically for owen he looked very dominant in the challenge um i think after a a slow start for the yellow tribe like they've just been rolling and they they just seem like they're ready to go to tribal to (laughs) vote out uh i'm blanking on his name the uh, the heart surgeon gabler gabler it, they're just like waiting they're like can we get this guy voted out but they just keep winning and i think that's a a benefit to them and just showing that even though they they lost that first challenge and you know went to the first tribal council this season like they bounced back and they've won uh two straight immunities now and you know coco just continues to dominate and whether it's you know first immunity or second immunity they haven't gone to tribal yet and that's very similar to like we said last week to danny and deshawn's season where the blue tribe just rolled until the merge
1: yeah i mean that and that can put you in a, a huge advantageous spot it can also be a little bit to your detriment though because you never there's something about like testing your alliances and and knowing exactly who you can can't trust that i think is is perhaps important um i do think it says something too that noel got that steal vote advantage was like on the trip and I mean, fair enough, was saying that she was at the bottom and then ultimately doesn't use it. Like, yeah. Sometimes you can fill in the, like, the picture with what you don't see and the fact that you, like, you didn't see her use that and then, like, it just all went to NECA, I think, maybe speaks to, like, Noel being a little more in touch mm-hmm. and, and, like, a, a little more included than people we've been uh, totally led to believe. But,
0: yeah. She, she did, looked it, strong, too, her. you know, in yeah. that challenge proved that she could do the physical stuff. Not that there was ever any doubt. I like, like who was it Levine? that was on the
1: bench checking for uh, the advantage? Geo, Geo I think was... Yeah, he's <laughs> like, just checking. <laughs> yes, and you know what? Smart, <laughs> <Yes>. smart. <laughs> Good on you. Good on you. Jam. I love
0: the the cap shake there. He's just like just checking. <laughs> I, I I like when I like where your head's at. Yes, uh, because you know, we know how it all turned out for Xander. <sighs> In so many ways. And I have to say the edit too, when Carla found the, uh, the beware advantage, I was like, she's going back for that thing. Like with it cutting to commercial when it did, I was like, she's not leaving that behind. Um, what do we feel going into, uh, this next episode? I think, you know, the Vessi is at a huge disadvantage in just terms of numbers. Um, but everyone else has been getting like food rewards too, which is always, uh, always tough got fruit last week yeah a
1: lot of people with like the fish like, i think uh kogo's talking about like yeah hey, we've been well fed we're having yeah. a great time <laughs> um yeah it's it's tough i, I think within vesey dwight would be who I, i'd probably be most concerned with mm-hmm. because um he doesn't seem to have that relationship with jet not that we've seen necessarily like jesse and him have this like strained relationship now and he didn't seem to have like again based off what we've seen right We we don't actually no. but right him and cody didn't seem that tight him and noelle have a good relationship but again noelle not using her steel vote when she felt clearly that she was on the bottom and then i i don't know like speaks to me maybe that she has a better connection with jesse and or cody than maybe we know or maybe i don't know
0: i think it's tough um also hiding her advantage in her prosthetic was uh, so next level so next level um
1: yeah geo but it's it's almost never the one
0: that like yeah we felt that way about Romeo all last season. Right, and, and like sometimes
1: sometimes people just kind of s- stick it out that way. So, like, Gio or Gabler, but Gabler obviously has, like, um, you know, uh, an idol. Um, Gio could be someone gone, but it, it's, again, tough to say because we haven't gotten a lot outside of Vessi in, in mm-hmm. terms of, like, you know, really, really in-depth kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, even someone like Ellie, though, you know, like you know, with, like, Gabler – rally sammy and then the yep. boys you know we could see something like that but uh, i think uh, i think there's still like a lot left to be unfinished
0: and then what did we make of the going on a journey trio do you think that sticks
1: i feel like when they made the a really comes? big
0: deal to show
1: it yeah and i feel like anytime they do like again you have to take what they give you and i feel like they gave us uh like just an exposition dump <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if it connects to anything but um i mean we've seen we've seen that happen in in the past you know uh yeah where you know those connections are made and they do stick to them and it is advantageous for people so um i mean they did do her solid
0: so she she would do well to remember that so we'll see how it all goes down but make sure you guys are following us on the socials at underground phi on twitter instagram uh, Facebook.com slash underground sports PHI. Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castarina. You can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Make sure you check out the website, underground for all of our written content. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you're feeling about Red October uh, so far. And help us get on the charts here. In the month of October, twitch.tv slash undergroundsportsphi is the place to be every Wednesday night. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of all of our podcasts on the network, including this one. Uh, And we're on that road to 1K challenge. Make sure we're at 253 subscribers last I checked. Doing a live check here for you now. Yeah, 253. Need to get to 1K, so make sure you subscribe, be a friend, tell a friend, smash that like button, ring the bell icon so you don't miss out on any of our episodes, and comment down below your thoughts on the Phils, the Eagles, Sixers preseason, Tyrese Maxey's looked fantastic so far, uh, but nobody should be surprised about that, and of course the Union and Survivor, whatever comes to mind, leave it in the comment section. Uh, Big thank you to our sponsors, Maine Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland, Tomahawk Shades, Pickup, Kenwood Beer, Trophy Smack, Bino Board, all of their info is linked in the show notes on audio and in the description on YouTube. But this has been another Red October edition, episode number 472 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB, Go phils, go eagles. Till next time. We are signing off. Peace.